to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, we welcome Sarah Harmeling to our studio right here with us. Sarah is a homeschooling mother of seven children, two of whom have graduated from homeschooling, and her current students range in age from five all the way up to 17. She and her husband, Randy, live in Sheboygan County, Wisconsin, which is about an hour from where Jenny and I are based. And they've homeschooled their children since the oldest was school age, starting in 2005. After years of teaching art in a homeschool co-op, Sarah created Homeschool Art Box, a homeschool art curriculum, which she will tell us more about uh, later on during the episode. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I am excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. Even on a snowy night. Yes. Which makes it all the better. Yes. Sarah, I look forward to hearing about your life before kids. Before you met your husband and yeah, were you an art girl? Well, I was. <laughs> I was. Um, I always loved art, you know, from an early age and took a lot of extra art classes in high school. And uh, it was a hard decision for me when I went to college what to do because I enjoyed so many things, art being one of them. So I ended up being an occupational therapist. Mm. So yeah. I went, I lived at home um, and then actually finished my school while um, after my husband and I got married at Concordia University, ah, Wisconsin, yes. so we lived in Oostburg and we drove, I drove there. Um, so occupational therapy is what I ended up doing. And so I worked with kids in the school setting and in a birth to three. Um, and I just really, I loved being with kids, but then I had, we had my first, our first baby, mm-hmm. uh, Hannah in 2000. And, um, I had always thought that I would go back to work after that. Uh, that was <laughs> everyone does famous last words, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I, and I did go back for a while, but, um, it was just a few months really. And I just, you know, I had that baby looking at that baby and God had blessed me with this beautiful Mm -hmm. little girl. And I thought, why do I want to bring her anywhere else? And so, um, we took the plunge, you know, we weren't sure how that was going to work out financially, honestly, Mm -hmm. when I first uh, quit, but you know, God provided, we, um, I left my job at the, in the school system and stayed home with Hannah Um, I did some alterations. That was my first business doing alterations on the side. And um, yeah, that just provided. And soon we had a second baby two years later and then they just kept coming for that. (laughs) (laughs) All the way down to seven children later, right? That's right. (laughs) Blessings, blessings. So uh, I said in the intro that you started homeschooling with Hannah the very from the very beginning, right? So right. none of your kids have ever been in a conventional school. That's right. So why did you decide homeschooling? Well, I had one friend that uh, had kids a little older than mine and that homeschooled. And I did not know anything about it. 
I was certainly very curious as to why she would do that, you know, so <laughs> occasionally I'd ask her questions about it. And I think it became clear uh, when I had my own kids. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when I was home, you know, when I had was able to stay home then with my older children, mm -hmm. it just became natural, I think, to start thinking, well, if I can stay home with them now, God blesses you with children to care for when they're young. Mm -hmm. Doesn't he intend to for us to continue to mm -hmm. do that um, in a really proactive, involved way you know, yeah. throughout? So I asked my friend questions. I started reading a lot, mm -hmm. um, reading as many homeschooling books as I could get my hands on. <laughs> and it became, yeah, just clear path, I think, for me. Um, my husband too, he actually didn't have to do all that extra research. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I think homeschooling is a great idea. And if you, if you are on board with it, go for it. Uh, he was not, you know, there was things he was dissatisfied with looking back yeah. at his own education. Sure. So mm -hmm. he was all on board with it, thankfully. So it was just a matter of, am I ready to commit to yeah. that? And yeah. by the time then she was school age, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's just do it. That's good. Yeah. Because yeah, why does our, why does it change it when they hit five years old? Right. Yikes. I mean, we're still the parents. Yep, we see, still are called to right. disciple them and raise mm -hmm. them. It doesn't change on their fifth birthday. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that became, I guess. Yeah. The Lord just showed us that more clearly as, mm -hmm. as each passing year went by. Yep. And you were blessed that your husband was on board right away. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that, that is a blessing. Cause I know that's such a hard, a hard topic, mm -hmm. you know, to talk about for so many so many moms that that's the thing is the husband's not on board. And so, right. Then yeah. we send him off to Mike. Yes. Our friend, Mike Smith, who is uh, the mayor Smith. of Bonduelle. And yeah. he will talk to the dads if they're not on board. Oh, he was <laughs> a dad that wasn't on board, but that's a whole nother podcast. You guys <laughs> go back and find it in the archive. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us one of the greatest. Okay. There's so many, but one of the greatest blessings from this homeschool journey thus far? Okay. I would have to say the relationships I think that I see between my kids, mm. they have very close relationships. And I know, you know, from my own experience, mm -hmm. um, I'm one of six kids and I, you know, I love my brothers and sisters, but we didn't have that close bond so much yeah. when we were all off in different directions during mm -hmm. our school. And, and it also, I think comes back to that, you know, God created us in families yes. yeah. and he intends for us to be together. There's a reason why they're siblings. There's a reason why we are the parents. And so, um, those relationships I think are so precious mm -hmm. that that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing I treasure. Is homeschooling. That's the same for me too, as well. Is the kids are close, yeah. and you're right because when they're away from you, they're away from each other. They're in school. They're separated, so they're separated from each other right. all growing up. And how then can they be close? It's it's just it's a relational. Right. Mm -hmm. Time matters, right? You yeah. know, some people say it's not the the quantity, it's the quality. It's yeah. both. <laughs> yeah. Right. right? It, you need a quantity of time right. to build relationships. Right. So. Yes. What about some challenges? Um, well, none. None. There were no <laughs> challenges. <laughs> Don't oh, lie. There's just, always I'm challenges. Yeah. There are. Yeah, I'm challenges. just trying to think of where do I start? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let me get my notes. <laughs> Just kidding. That's right. Kidding. And yet you're a lifer. So this is good. Whatever challenges you're going to tell yeah. us about have not deterred you. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, challenges, you know, I, well, in some ways, those sibling things too can be challenges because, because they're together so much. Yeah. Yeah. They have a strong relationship, but that also means they're in conflict a lot too. Um, so that certainly is one challenge. Um, but again, they work through it and, you know, their, their relationships are stronger because of that. I also think that high school was, is challenging. Um, maybe not so much to, to, coordinate or from the teacher perspective so much as it is to individualize it Mm. to each growing kid and um, recognizing where they need to go Mm -hmm. and getting them on board with that too, because then all of a sudden they get to those teenage years and there's so many distractions too. And um, working on those relationships as they're growing into adults. I mean, those, that, that parent child relationship just change is changing so much during that time. Absolutely. So I think that those high school years. Yeah, I agree. Cause not not everybody, not every child Mm -hmm. knows what they want to do. Right. Every high schooler. Right. There are some, there are some who just know that they know that they know, but it's not. Most don't. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's right. the truth is the majority yeah. have no idea. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that with my own children because yeah. Noah just knew, you know what I mean? I mean, he just, cause he was a history and my daughter um, has many, many ideas <laughs> of what she wants to do. And so she wants to do them all, but you can't do them all. And so narrowing it down and, you know, and there, it's both, both of them, uh, are still challenging. Even, even that he knew, even that no one knew yeah. it's still challenging because we're trying to still direct yes. in a certain way and making sure that Lord shut the doors that need to be shut, open the ones that need to be opened. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and customizing even, without like falling into following what the schools do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was, that's another challenge I mm-hmm. felt like was always that, that public school mindset mm-hmm. that, you know, being a part of the pro- the public school system for so long, yeah. it's hard to yeah. step out of that. And then sometimes you're able to, and then you find yourself kind of falling yes. back into that mindset. <laughs> so it's just a <laughs> constant reminder. It's and then in, in yeah. the high school too, just to, um, to allow them to focus in that direction and not have my own agenda yes. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do, what do they need trying to let go of yeah. Those ideas. And when you're holding on to it, it's hard to convince them. I, mean, I was referring to Madeline mm-hmm. and she very much was always college minded when she mm-hmm. was little. And that's probably because my husband went to Purdue. So we would always, we always went to the homeschool convention in Cincinnati every year. And so guess what? We always made the trip to Purdue mm-hmm. and we would walk around the campus and Madeline would see that and say, Oh, I want to go to college. I want to go to college. Well, it was really hard then as she got older, because then she was like drill sergeant herself. I was like, let's just relax and have fun. And we don't have to do science today. I'll decide where she was like, nope, I'm going to need this. And then I have to do this. And I'm looking on the website and then in high school, you know, so that mindset, right. I would have to reorder my thoughts to say, yeah. you know what? No, 
Uh-huh. It's okay. But then she would convince me and then we would. <laughs> <laughs> then I was the drill sergeanting her. So Well, and that's awesome that she was so motivated oh, yes, too. Yes. Because that can be a certainly a struggle in those teenage years when they don't maybe have the motivation and focus know where yeah. they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And then part of that is, okay, are they unmotivated or is it just that they don't know? And so therefore it looks like they're being lazy maybe, but they're really not right. They're just right. confused or, you know, they don't quite know what to think. My younger daughter, I always joke that she could have been a lawyer and she really, if she's, she still might want to do that someday in her life, she's only 19 years old. So she has a lot of time. Um, but we were talking about that. Partly we would joke because she likes to argue a lot. So we would talk about that and joke. And she said, mom, I don't want to do six years of college. I just don't. Could she have? Absolutely. But she has not taken that path. And that wasn't, but, but she's been full-time employed since basically as soon as she graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So she's not a slacker. It's just that the college thing was not on yeah, her radar screen. And then my other daughter wanted to go to a college and COVID kind of shot that away, but that's a different story. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a different stories. episode. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So Sarah, you have a couple of kids that are graduated already. That's right. right. And people, so we were talking about this homeschool, this high school thing. Um, people love to hear what homeschool graduates are up to because, you know, the whole question is, can you go to college? Can you succeed? Can you have a life after, you know, homeschooling? Tell us about your kids who are graduating. Well, sure. I will start with the oldest, our oldest daughter, Hannah. Um, she graduated in 2018 from mm-hmm. homeschool, and she was pretty sure she wanted to go on to school, but was not quite ready. Um, and she didn't, well, she was wanted to make some money first, too. So, <laughs> not a bad thing, right? Yeah, that's right. So she actually took a gap year and worked full time as a bank teller that year, which was a great oh. experience for her also. Then she went to Moody Bible Institute. Ah. So that was really nice. Um, not too far down the road, but she, she really loved that, Mm -hmm. but then it it was 2019 and then it was 2020. Mm -hmm. So she's in the middle of that first year and she got sent home at spring break, Mm -hmm. which seems like a bad thing, but (laughs) (laughs) she had gotten engaged that, um, the summer before. And so when she left for college, for me, it was like, Oh my goodness. She's going to, she's leaving for college. She's going to come back in June for like two weeks and then she's going to be married. And so she, (laughs) instead she came back at spring break and we were all like, yay. (laughs) See, the Lord did that. Yes. (laughs) It made it, it was such a blessing. It was like huge bonus time with her. Um, and then, and the, her now husband, also attended Moody Bible. So he was sent home too. And his family was the same way. Like, yay, he's home. And then they got married and it was wonderful. Well, it was a crazy, wonderful wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was in June of 2020. Wow. (laughs) That was quite the crazy time. So yeah. 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 So they both, her and her husband both got sent home from school then. And he has continued online. Um, he's in pastoral ministries, also a homeschool student. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and um, Hannah then went back online for about a semester, but then she got a, they had lost their jobs in Chicago. Oh yeah. Um, so they really didn't have the option to go back. Yeah. Uh, so they both were around this area then and had gotten an apartment in the area and she got a full-time job locally doing marketing, which is really what she, she was going for communication. So she was able to get into marketing there and it was, she had a lot of freedom 
um, to do to learn a lot. So she was learning photography and doing a lot of different social media things. So it was a wonderful place for her to learn. And so she, instead of going back to school, then she has continued there full time and it just keeps her responsibilities there, just keep growing and expanding. Awesome. And so that was a wonderful fit for her. Yeah. yeah. And she's close by you. So that's she not bad is. either. <laughs> In fact, tomorrow, well, she lives, she lived about five miles down the road. Uh-huh. Tomorrow she's going to move into the same town as us. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, we would hold them forever, wouldn't we? Yeah. If we could. Just would. Yep. And you have a second graduate as well. That's right. My, yep. my son, Elijah, mm-hmm. he graduated in 2020. Um, so that was also one of those strange graduations, um, an unusual year. And he was a real late uh, or a summer birthday. Mm-hmm. So, in, and since things were kind of shut down that following year, when it came to school, he ended up doing a super sen- senior year. Oh, okay. So for the 2020, 2021 school year, he still did a few credits at home. And then he did a number of dual credit classes mm-hmm. uh, through Concordia University. And that was wonderful too. So yeah. he was, then he was able to really work on his schooling yet. Um, he ended up getting 18 credits over the course of that year. So then oh. now he is attending UW Sheboygan or UW Green Bay at Sheboygan. Okay. <laughs> um, for business. And he started out then with those 18 credits and they all transferred in and yeah, he's enjoying that. Oh, wow. So, That's great. Give us some advice. Our listeners, <laughs> listeners, you want some advice from this veteran homeschool mom of seven some advice? Well, I think when I think back to when I started uh, with my young kids, the most important thing for me at that point was getting involved with other homeschool moms. Mm -hmm. So I started with a local homeschool co-op that met with about 20 families and probably even more then it was important for my kids. It was important for me. Mm-hmm. I needed to be able to talk to other moms, yeah. talk about curriculum, talk about issues that I was mm-hmm. having, what to do in these types of situations. How do you handle this? Yeah. And so that yeah. was the most encouraging thing for me at that point. And I think anybody that is starting homeschooling, mm-hmm. you yes. need to find support. It's a little harder to find maybe in real life types of groups like that. There's a number in our area, but you know, not every area has that. So even, even if you can find online groups to be a part of it, to bounce ideas off of. At least that, if not local, right. right? And I would even add on to say, because there are so many co-ops and that's so important, but also mom time. Yeah. Away from your children. And I know that's easier said than done because on, uh, we have some, um, groups here and I, I have been the mom where you sign yourself up and you're so excited to go, but we all know, let's face it at the end of a day and your husband comes home, you just kind of want to, I'm going to put my pajamas on and I'm just, (laughs) I'm just going to relax. Put them on. Didn't you have them on all day? Come on. You're a homeschool mom. (laughs) We were not those homeschoolers. Okay. We were not those Tina, you slacker. You were classical. I was Charlotte Mason. We could wear pajamas. We were classical. (laughs) We were all, we were everything. Well, here's the reality. Listeners, it is critical to 
have mom time with other moms away from your children. It's critical. It's important because you can, it's not really considered mom time when your children are there. You can't be fully away from them. I mean, they're always going to distract. They're always going to come. They're always going to need something, which is beautiful. And you should give them something, (laughs) but walk away, get with other moms and just, just be, that's what you should do. Yes, I agree. It's hard to have a conversation, but really be in a conversation when you have your kids around. Yeah. You know, you need to focus. And I think, you know, I mean, this maybe sounds like a, a weird excuse or I don't know, feminism, but it's not really, um, if we have a little bit of mom time, then we're better for our kids when we get back, you know, if right. you're, because you, in order to pour out to our kids, you have to be filled up. That's right, Tina. Right. So if you don't have anything to fill you up, how are you going to pour out? That's right. Yeah. So it doesn't mean 40 hours a week. It just means yeah. <laughs> sometime, right? Right. Right. It means at some point you need to just be filled up and invent. It's great. It's not a complaint fest, but it's so good. Yes. You can, because we, and we, we've just talked about this is when you're home with your children all day long, you get to be irrational. And then you, you don't even know you're irrational until you actually leave. And then all of a sudden you're driving, you get in your vehicle and you're just, it's been like five minutes, you're away from your kids. And then you look back to your day and you think, whoa, <laughs> I can't believe I made such a big deal about it or that it affected me so much. And that is living proof. You need to get away a little bit more often so that you can be a rational mama. Yes. Yes. Good medicine. Which is why we offer classes here at the homeschool loft. Nice commercial. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to morph into another commercial of sorts because Sarah, your other baby is homeschool art box, which is the art curriculum that you created and that you own and that you sell. So tell us what is Homeschool Art Box? Well, I'd love to. Homeschool Art Box is a subscription art box curriculum that is sent to uh, sent out monthly. Mm-hmm. And it is centered around a specific artist in history or occasionally an art movement. So we have educational materials about that artist and then art appreciation materials. So we always include two prints of that artist's artwork so students can handle it, look at it closely, and usually some questions within the curriculum to kind of help students notice particular things and what they like or don't like and some of the technique types of things. And along with that, we provide instructions and all the art supplies needed to complete a related project. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an open and go box. You don't need to prep as a teacher. You just open it up and get started and everything's there that you need. Wow. Does that sound dreamy or what? (laughs) Why do the kids have to be 20 and 19? (laughs) We could still do it. Jenny, we could order homeschool art boxes. We could do it. (laughs) So Sarah graciously gave one to Tina and I, mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's do it, Tina. In all Listen. our free time, right? Yes, in all of our free time. <laughs> well, Thursday. If you want to join us for the homeschool art box class on Thursday. <laughs> Serious. I have had um, parents buy, uh, like I offer a one, two or four student box. Ah. So some parents will buy a two student box or even a four student box so that they have enough materials for that they can do it alongside their kids. As they should. Yeah. Here's the reality about homeschooling, friends. Listen, I thought I was terrible with art. 
just as I thought I was terrible with math and science and all the things. But guess what? No, I'm not. Because when you're with your children, you get to turn that little lie that you thought you were bad at something on its head. And you get to actually experience the fact that you are gifted and talented. And what's great is when your children see that you're learning something. Yeah, that's right. That, that needs to happen. You don't, you don't come to them like, you know, I'm the artist. No, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Just let them see your stick person and say, you know, we're going to do this. It's about the beauty and the history and all of that. Right. right? And that's just Stay an off. important thing to model, isn't it? That yeah. we are always learning yes. as adults. We don't know it all. We got a lot to learn too. And it is a joy to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and also, I mean, like, like persevering through it, right? If it's, there's a certain technique that you have that you're trying to teach the students and whoever it is, and it's hard for me as the mom to do it, but I still persevere through it. Yes. And what a cool lesson for my kids it besides sure even the art, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So our art boxes, they're geared to, for first through eighth graders, mm-hmm. um, younger students need a little side-by-side help, certainly. And you'd mm-hmm. want to go through the materials with them, but older students can take it on their own and do it uh, independently if they would like to do that. So the goal to, with the project is really that all students will end up with an art project that they are proud of, no matter what Mm. their level, this is not directed towards those students that are going into art. This is for any student and every student. We just want them to be successful and enjoy art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think producing something that they are proud of is yeah. a really important part of that. Yeah. So they don't become art phobic. Like oh, I can't do anything, right? Yeah, they right. can. So yeah. yeah. And let me just say that before we came here to record, I'm not kidding. When I tell you, I thought I was terrible with art <laughs> because at school, when I went to school and actually it was a private school, but I specifically remember this certain student who shined bright when it came to art. And so of course the teacher wanted that art, his art to be right. Mm -hmm. The focal point when you would walk in the room and not just him, but other, other students. And then it seemed to me, I would be looking for mine and guess what guys, it was nowhere to be seen, but it was (laughs) lower on the wall. We don't want that. That's a shame. That's a shame that that had happened, you know, because Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, near 50 now. And guess what? I still think about that, but I'm going to do, I'm going to do Sarah's little art box that she brought and I'm (laughs) too bad. We'll have to post them on the website or something. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So I'm trying, I'm trying to think this through. You have seven children, right? How did you come up with this idea to do this? And then how'd you find the time? And, And when did you come up with this great idea? That's a good question. Well, when I was talking about the co-op that I was a part of, so I got started with that co-op and because I had that art interest, Mm -hmm. I started helping out in art and within a year or two became the art teacher, (laughs) um, with different ages. I I have taught different ages over the years, but I've always taught that middle school group. Mm -hmm. So through that experience, I kind of developed my own style too of how I wanted to do things. And I, I really loved to relate an art project to an artist. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to teach the kids. We, we would meet once a week, by the way. So I wanted to teach the kids about some of those famous artists. Yeah. And I loved to relate an art project to that. So over the years, I kind of developed some of those art projects. And then I started repeating some of them when I had a new group of kids. So I started to think, hmm, maybe I could do something else with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
honestly, the homeschool art box idea kind of was in my head for years and mm. it just kind of bounced around in there because I thought I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no way, but maybe someday. So, um, it was, well, let's see. I sent out my first box in June of 2019. So it was probably that year before that, that I thought, I think I'm maybe ready to start figuring this out. And I started slowly. Uh, I knew there was, I was going to have a lot to learn. I didn't know anything about a website. How am I going to take payment for this? How am I going to make it a recurring thing? And how do I do this? So how do I make, you know, good printable materials? All of those things I, I had to learn. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to start slow. So I just started developing that, getting things in place. And I sent out my first box in June of 2019. It was about Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. And I sold it. I sent out eight boxes. So that wow. was my first month. So that was exciting. I was oh, thrilled. Yeah, yeah. Because, absolutely. You know, when you first start those things, you think, is yeah. anybody <laughs> yeah. like this? Right. Is there anybody out there? Um, <laughs> so even those first couple of years, I, I have been mostly just maintaining, doing a little bit of advertising here and there, but just trying to consistently, well, consistently providing that one box a month. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a lot of time to put into other things to build the business. Um, And that was fine. I was, I was content with that. Uh, So just this past several months this past summer, then I was doing a little bit more advertising things. So I started the year this year with 50 subscribers. Wow! So I was thrilled with that. That really yeah. kind of doubled since last year. And yeah. that's because I really wasn't out there promoting it. Yeah. Um, so that's been exciting. And yeah. my kids, of course, my older kids being that they were in co-op uh, when I was teaching, they were kind of my original test subject uh-huh. <laughs> along Always. with their friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, and now my younger kids and some of the older kids, they, they all help in different ways. Uh, even my youngest five-year-old will occasionally help with some packaging things, okay. uh, putting things in bags for me and uh-huh. um, putting some things in boxes. And then my, you know, my middle kids, they'll, they'll put boxes together and really I can trust them to make sure that there's the right number of of things in each box. And even my oldest daughter, who is uh, into the marketing, as I mentioned, she has helped me with some of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her time is limited. I wish she could do more, but (laughs) she, you know, she just gives me ideas for things too. So that's been wonderful. Tell us about how your, the subscription works. The subscription is once a month, um, you get the box and I do offer it for one, two or four students. And we ship out on the 10th of each month or depending on when you have a renewal date. I also just recently added, added a literature only subscription. So over the last year or so, I've heard from some people that they really love the idea. They want to do the artist, the artist lesson and followed up with a project, but they already have art supplies. So, you know, we homeschool families collect things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a few families out there that said, you know, we'd love to do that, but I want to use up what I have. So I just started a literature only subscription. So that's all the paperwork that you would get with the box, but it's just the literature then. Mm -hmm. And so you can provide your own supplies or 
come up with some alternatives. Yeah. You know, yeah. how, how do you package them? In, in when you say a box, what is the box? Uh, well, it's just a basic box. Yeah. So um, we have, you know, just a foldable box that my 12 year old can now fold. Knows how to fold it. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> That's right. So, so that works great. There's not a, a lot of special packaging with it. Yeah. Uh, that was one thing. You know, when you start a business, you have to think, well, where does, where do I put the most money? So to get that really fancy looking box, Mm -hmm. I didn't go that route because I really felt like homeschoolers, they're more, we're concerned about the contents, probably Mm -hmm. more so than the the outward look of it. And they'll let their children make that box into whatever they want, (laughs) right? Well, and you want to keep it a moderate price, right? So if you do a fancy box, you have to charge more. Yeah. You know full well, you know, homeschooling, single income family, all of that, right? Yes, absolutely. So I certainly want to think about homeschool budgets too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. We don't ship out during the summer. So I did that. I I mentioned, I guess, that I started in June of 2019. That's when I shipped my first box. So I did that first summer. And then I found that, you know, families need a break. And yeah. sometimes you don't necessarily keep up. Like you have that box from the month before and you still haven't gotten to it. So you don't, you don't want to build up a, a, a lot of boxes. So yeah. I, we skipped the summer and it was a great time for me to take off and plan the next year. Mm, yeah. So yes. subscriptions run September through May mm-hmm. and then we just pause all subscriptions for the summer. Mm-hmm. However, there you can start and stop at any time. Yeah. And also you can skip months. So if you if you have a busy month mm-hmm. and you just didn't get to that box, you can just go into your account and you skip the next month oh, or the next okay. two months or however. Yeah. Or just have them sent to you and do it in the summer if you have time. Yep. And we we love subscription boxes in my family. Yeah. And like every you Christmas, should. I get each of my girls, one of them. And um, Rachel, my older, loves to crochet and knit. So we did one with crocheting. And, uh, but then she gets really busy with yep. different things because she works full time and everything now. So she, at one point, I think had about... 14 boxes that she had not oh, got to. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, let's pause that subscription for a little while and help mm-hmm. you, you know, catch up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you don't want it to be burdensome. Yeah. But the great thing with Homeschool Art Box is it really is, you don't have to prep. So yeah. it's, it's there as a tool for parents to make art easy and accessible. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know about art before you open that box. You can learn right alongside your kids by reading the material. Um, there's all the, everything is there for you to guide them, even with the art appreciation and then the project, we try and make the instructions very clear so that, uh, every kid can have a, have a nice project when they're done. Mm -hmm. So I think that's so important because, you know, we often talk, uh, when we talk to other guests, math and science, and I think art are the subjects that homeschool parents stress about because most of us are not artists. We don't have a background in that. We, but yet we feel like, Oh, we should expose our kids to everything. Right. And I think it's important to have ways that we novices, you know, we can, we can do that. And so do you have other tips for families about how do they incorporate art? I mean, obviously we want you all to subscribe to homeschool art box, but (laughs) you know, other things in addition to that to help put their minds at ease. Well, and, that is really one of the reasons that I started this too, because at being an art teacher in my local co-op, that's exactly what I heard from parents was we don't, we're so glad you do this here because we don't want to do it at home. It's too hard. It's messy. <laughs> I don't want to have the supplies or yeah. then I'm finally ready to sit down and do something with art. 
and I look around and I don't have the right stuff. So it's all in the box. So that is definitely, you know, it's there to make it easy and accessible for parents and kids too, of course, but yeah. you know, <laughs> we, we don't need one other thing to plan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, true. so how do, um, you incorporate art in, in anybody's curriculum or education. I think, you know, it's just so valuable to look at different artists. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons, or one of the things that I think is so important is for kids to know all of us really to know some of these great artists of history mm-hmm. and to be able to recognize some of their works. Mm-hmm. So we encounter them yeah. all the time. Yeah. And until we actually know some of the work, we don't necessarily know, oh, that, that famous picture that is in the doctor's office. Oh, that's a Van Gogh. Well, I didn't know that, you <laughs> yeah. know, until you, until right. you know about it. Yeah. And then you start to appreciate that art too. Mm-hmm. So once you know the artists um, and have studied some of their work, their techniques, where they were from, some of the, even the history surrounding the artists, I think is so interesting how it connects. You know, there's a reason that they're producing art the way they are, Mm -hmm. the subjects that they choose, um, and all the influences that affected them. But also it's interesting to see how art affects history. Yeah. Some of that art, and I think of there's some art um, produced during the the French Revolution, or even you know around following the American Revolution, that actually has an impact mm-hmm. on what happens following that. So mm-hmm. it's not only just the, influ- the the art as a reflection of culture, but it, it can also affect culture. Yeah. Wow. So I I think that's interesting. So yeah. how do you incorporate that? I yeah. think for younger kids, you just you know you can read some of those biographies. There's so many nice books about some of yeah. those artists to start to learn and, and familiarize yourself with the artists yeah. Yeah. and their art. Yeah. But you're right. It's not when you do art, like homeschool art box, it's history and it's yes. geography in addition to art. So you're multitasking there, right? Yes. <laughs> and you know, there's so many interesting stories that go along with some of the artists too. Like I, I know kids just love to find out about, artwork that was stolen. And where <laughs> is it? Was it ever recovered? And yeah. how did, you know, how was it stolen? Where was it then? And those yeah. kinds of stories are really interesting to yeah. kids too. Or Van Gogh, he cut off his ear, right? Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> Some dramatic stories. It's Art just, is not boring. Yeah. And it, it is, it's so beautiful that it's, the subjects are all connected with God at the center yes. and then they're all related to each other, but with him in the middle. Right. And so that really just is such a key factor as to why, and you answered that question already, um, which is even if your child isn't destined to be the next Rembrandt, why is it important to at least introduce art instruction in the home? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think what you said too, how God is at the center of it all. When you look, especially older kids to learn that history, and then even maybe learn about the artist and their worldview, Mm -hmm. then you start to understand that art a little bit more too. Yeah. Um, especially when you get into some of the modern art, which kind of is more deconstructing. Yeah. Um, it, it just gives a better understanding it's the same, in the same way that literature, when you yep. learn yeah. about the writer right. and yes. what they're trying to communicate mm-hmm. and you learn about their wor- worldview, how much more impact yes. and understanding you have of that literature. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps to shield you from the, 
the bad influence as well. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you have that godly worldview that you're looking at and you understand the worldview of that that literature, that writer or yeah. that artist. Yeah, that is. It's just so good, Sarah. And I wish, I wish my kids were still little, you guys. I do. <laughs> but we're going to do the art stuff. <laughs> do you have any parting thoughts at all? Um, well, I guess one of the things that I am so encouraged by lately as, as disruptive as COVID was to all of our lives, mm-hmm. it has drawn so many people to homeschooling yeah. uh, for so, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think just that it's just such an exciting time mm-hmm. to be homeschooling. It's growing so much. And um, so veteran homeschoolers, I think, you know, we need just to be there for new homeschoolers to be encouraging them, praying for them and for new homeschoolers to just, you know, ask questions Mm -hmm. and find support and um, know that it's it's really a wonderful, wonderful option. And you will I I just can't imagine anybody ever regretting homeschooling because Mm -hmm. it's just it's such a blessing to you and your family, your kids. Amen. I agree. Yeah. 